You're listening to NBS Cast with hosts Rachel Edwards and Raquel Roberts. Welcome back to NBS Cast. I'm your host, Rachel. And I'm Raquel. And today, Raquel and I are so excited because we're going to be talking about a very special topic, Women's History Month, with two of our leaders here at NBS. We have Cindy Terwilliger and Danielle Egger with us. We have some questions that we're going to ask them about Women's History Month in particular, and I'm so excited to hear what they have to say about it. So we would love to start out with introductions. So Danielle, I will pick on you first. If you don't mind, would you tell us your full name, how long you've been with NBS, and your current position so we can get to know you better? That would be great. Sure. Well, to start, thank you for having me on your show. I'm a longtime listener, first-time guest, is what you're supposed to say on podcast. <laughs> so this is my first podcast interview. I'm pretty excited to see how this goes. You know, I always wanted to do voiceovers for cartoon characters. I thought that would be a fun job, but this is probably as close as I'm going to get to that. So <laughs> I am Danielle Ager. I'm the Chief Technology Officer for NBS. I have responsibility for FACS and Nelnet Campus Commerce IT teams and responsibility for delivering on our product strategy for both of those markets. And I have been with NBS for a little over six years. Thank you so much for joining us today. And Cindy, I'll pick on you next, even though we know you really well because you're kind of like our boss. (laughs) But Cindy, if you could answer those same questions, your name, how long you've been with NBS and your current position, that would be awesome. Okay, great. My name's Cindy Twilliger, and I have actually been with the company for 24 years. I always tell people I've had the pleasure of getting to work for the company as facts when it was very small, and now getting to see how we've morphed into this great, incredible corporate company. Not everybody gets to do that as a career, but I feel like I'm very blessed. My role here is now, I've had many roles, but my current role is Director of Online Help and Internal Communication. I have the privilege of working with a small, talented, mighty group that does a lot of our internal communications and also a lot of our online help for our schools and associates. Great. Thanks, ladies. Now, to get to what we're here to talk about today, can you tell us what does Women's History Month mean to you? And Danielle, let's go back to you. You know, we all have people that we admire from history, people who are great at what they did or how they led. And that gives us proof that it's possible to do great things and something for us to aspire to. But when it comes to women in history, we're lacking for role models, not because there aren't any, but because history was mostly written by men and women were largely left out of the discussion. Now, I don't mean that as an insult to men. It's just a fact. So for me, Women's History Month helps to highlight women in our history so we can celebrate and learn from them. And I'm going to make just a quick book recommendation here. I love reading and I love history. One of my favorite books is Founding Mothers by Cokie Roberts. I learned so much from this book. In fact, when I was reading it, I was really annoying my husband with all my did you know? And did you know? (laughs) Anyway, it talks about the women that had a role in the founding of our nation. And I really recommend it to anyone who's looking for a good read this month. But it just is an example of, you know, when I was in high school and in history class, we talked about our founding fathers, what they did and all that piece, but we never 
talked about the women, at least in my classes, we rarely talked about the women's side. So when I read this book, it was just so fascinating. It kind of gave me a complete picture, you know, of our history and a better understanding of the start of our nation. And so that's just an example of women being left out of the history books. Oh, you mean there was more women than just the one who sewed the flag? (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) Right. When you say that, when you say founding fathers and women, I'm like, oh, yeah, that one lady sewed the flag, right? That's so sad. I'm definitely going to look for that book. Thanks for that. Cindy, what about you? You know, when you had asked that question, it gave me a chance to just sit back and reflect. It was only 101 years ago that women had the right to vote. And that just blows my mind a little bit because I compared to that my grandma who would be 108 now. So that means until she was eight, women did not have the right to vote. And I think it gives me a chance to reflect and honor the women that have tried to shape the world. And now we have a female vice president. That's only a hundred years later. So I, I feel like at least we're making some progress towards seeing women are equal and they have the same amount of talents and input and abilities as men. And like Danielle said, not trying to say, you know, men aren't great. They are too, but they had a chance to write the history. And now I see us coming forward and saying, we're going to help start writing this history. And Like I said, the hundred years just blows me away. When I think about that, I'm thankful for Susan B. Anthony and all of those that pushed ahead and said, we are going to get women the right to vote. A hundred years sounds like a long time, but really it's not. It's so great to see the massive changes that can happen in that long, but also short period of time for any people group, not just women. Definitely. What I would love to hear too, we're going to switch gears a little bit and I have another question that is slightly different. And then you've talked a lot about some women in history who've inspired you already, but we're going to come back to that in just a second. But my question is, how has the workplace changed for women in the last few decades? Cindy, I will have you start with this one. This will date me a little bit, but back in the 60s, which I will say I was very young then, there was a lot of cultural shifts. I mean, we started having the Equal Pay Act, which brought more women back into the workforce. But I will tell you, Title IX is a very current memory for me. And that was in 1972. And that's when we finally had the ability to have rights to contest discrimination in education for women on college entrance, athletics, financial aid, all of that. And why that is special to me, finally, they had girls high school basketball. And so I always tell people it's hard to believe, but I was on the first women's or girls basketball team at Lincoln Southeast. And it would never have come to be if Title IX wasn't there. Now, of course, I didn't get any scholarships because I am only 5'4". <laughs> But it was not until 72 that you really had some of that ability to see where now we have the same entitlements in education where we could contest if we thought there was discrimination. So I think women became more focused on, I can go to college, I can get the same scholarships, I have the same rights, and keep moving us forward towards that goal of having women in the workforce at all levels. So those are some of the things that come to mind. The Equal Pay Act, of course, in 1963 or 64 certainly was important to all of us of all 
colors and all genders. Those are some things that come to mind on how we start shaping that women's history and why it becomes important. How about you, Danielle? You know, I was thinking, Cindy, as you were talking about that, when a change like that comes about, it takes time for that to really be part of our normal way of living. And so some of my thoughts on this question were really around, we have a lot more women, obviously, in the workplace today than we did a few decades ago. And we see women in all occupations. And there was a perception that women can't do certain things as well as men, like math or engineering. And so even though those laws were put in place, we still had to overcome those perceptions, right? We had to prove ourselves a bit. I think that we're finally getting past some of those perceptions. And I think obviously has opened the door for more women to be part of the workplace. And then thinking about just our impact on how that has changed the workplace. And I think about the definition of what a great leader looks like, how that has evolved, and then ultimately has impact on workplace culture. You know, it's not a person sitting at the top barking out orders. It's about collaboration and building relationships so that the best decision can be made. Women in general are really good at collaborating and empathy, which, you know, are all seen as really important leadership characteristics. And I think there was a time when those characteristics were viewed as a weakness, where today they're really viewed as strengths. And that has really made the workplace more inclusive than it was in the past. And, you know, I know kind of taking a minute to talk about women in leadership, we definitely still see more men in leadership roles in the U.S. than women. However, there's evidence that companies with diversity and teams and leadership perform better financially than those who lack diversity. And I think that is going to continue to create opportunities for women. But I also think the unconscious bias of wanting to hire someone who is, quote, one of us is still reality. So if management is made up of mostly men, this bias leads to hiring more men. There is hope, right? There's awareness and diversity training, and all of that is helping to overcome that. Something I think that was definitely not in place 30 years ago, right? To Cindy's point, we were just trying to get an even playing field from a legal perspective, and it's just evolved since then. And I do think some of the culture shift, like you had mentioned, Danielle, is because if you think back, a lot of our moms didn't work. That was just the given. The culture shift started to come about because of some of the passing of laws, but also because things were starting to be put in place to say, you too can do anything a man can do. I I can remember my mom telling us that because she had four daughters. Those are all great points. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. Now let's go back to what we started a little bit ago. I would like you ladies to share who are some of the women in history that have inspired you and what's behind that inspiration. Cindy, let's go with you first. When I was little, my middle sister loved to read to me. And I can remember her reading a story about Helen Keller. And then ironically, when I was in grade school, I was asked to do a book report on Helen Keller. So I got to read another book about her. A lot of people will forget her maybe as a leader, but I see her as somebody that What talent and how incredibly bright she had to be to overcome the odds she had. Her love for learning couldn't be greater than anybody else's because she ends up teaching and she ends up authoring and editing books. And then she ends up helping people with disabilities to have equal rights. 
So that is one woman that I think sometimes people forget about. It's one of those passions I have because I think she fought a cause that many forget about. And I think for her to overcome everything she did to become a leader as a woman was remarkable. So that's one that comes to mind. Um, you know, of course, Rosa Parks, think of her little tiny stature and her ability to make a statement bigger than the world still moves me to tears. Uh, I just can't believe she had the courage to stand up to a white gentleman. And then because of that, the, the blacks boycotted using the busing system in Montgomery. What an incredible human being. And then back to even what Danielle said, if you look at some of the women in science and who was the woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize twice, the only person to do that was Madame Curie. Those are some people that I, I always remember talking about as kids and so that's some of the women I think of as incredible leaders. Definitely a lot of different areas and different times. Thanks for that, Cindy. And Danielle, what, what would you like to add to that? A lot of the names Cindy brought up are definitely kind of top of mind for me as well. And I think through this question, one of them that I can personally identify with is Grace Hopper. So being in technology and a woman in technology, she has a special place in my heart just because I'm a woman in technology. But for those who don't know, Grace Hopper was a computer scientist and admiral in the United States Navy in the 1940s. I'm just so inspired by people who break norms, and I mean, she really shattered them. So remember at that time, 1940s, women were entering the workforce, but mostly in defense plants and factories because men were leaving for World War II. Now, Grace, who had already earned a PhD in mathematics from Yale and was a mathematics professor at Vassar College, enlisted in the Navy. So think about all that, a woman in mathematics and going into the Navy. Now, she was rejected to the Navy because she was 34, but she went on to join the Navy Reserves. And that's when she began her computer programming career. She is credited for developing a lot of the theories that are foundational for how we program today. And when I just think about her, I just can't imagine the challenges she faced being a female computer programmer in the Navy in the 1940s. There are several books written about her. I would just love to get my hands on a memoir of hers. It, there might be one in existence. I haven't found one, but it'd be really interesting just to learn about her personal experience and the challenges that she faced. Cindy brought up earlier Susan B. Anthony and her determination and work just opened many doors for women. A woman's voice was not taken seriously until we had the right to vote. And she was just instrumental in that cause. And, you know, we're all forever grateful for her grit and voice to make that happen. People like Rosa Parks, I think about just the courage people had back then when they knew what was going to happen, right? She knew the consequences of not giving up her seat and she did it anyway. And she went through it without violence, you know, it was a nonviolent way, but she held to her convictions and personally hope that if I'm ever tested like that, I will too. Those are the top, probably ones that come to my mind. Anyone in recent history, either of you would like to highlight Cindy or Danielle? I would probably say for me in a way, Michelle Obama, because she had a lot of obstacles to overcome. She was the first Afro-American First Lady, she had to come up with a platform that 
everybody could believe in. And I think she had the grace to keep continuing on the heritage of women. I mean, what she does for young women today and giving scholarships and making sure they know the importance of a higher education. I think she will leave her mark as somebody that people will remember. So that's one that comes to mind off the top of my head. How about you, Danielle? Yeah, she's probably the one that came. I was trying to think, I'm, I'm thinking about who else. I just, there's so many women today that I still think there's a bit of a double standard when you think about the things they're doing and the words that are used to describe women sometimes are more negative than, you know, what we see when a man steps up from a leader perspective. I think Michelle Obama is a great example of that. She fought through it and kept going back. And regardless of what was said and some personal attacks, she kept pushing. And there's a lot of women today that are doing that and are fighting through some of those perceptions that unfortunately still exist. Yes, definitely. To wrap up our discussion this afternoon, we have one more question that we'd like to pose to both of you. And this one is very centric around NBS. There are quite a few women at NBS in various leadership positions, including our own president, Deanne Wenger. So if you could talk more about some of the ways NBS promotes and encourages women in leadership roles or to develop their leadership skills, I think a lot of our listeners would really appreciate that. Danielle, why don't I start with you for this question? And then Cindy, if you have anything to add, we'll go to you next. There are several programs and groups to join you. Um, the things that come to mind is we have a Nelnet Women's Leadership Network that hosts events and communicates local events. Those aren't just for women. Anyone can attend those. We've got some formal mentorship programs through the Better Together initiative, and it matches associates based on interests and objectives. I think that's something that's really important for people to put time into. There's all sorts of training, you know, on our Nelnet learning portal from a diversity perspective and leadership courses and programs that I would highly recommend. I think just in general, diversity is something we talk about and are acting on across Nelnet. This includes advancing women, but also, you know, people of different races and cultures and backgrounds. We've got metrics that are bringing awareness to where we are today and where we need to advance. And those discussions have led to these trainings and groups that I just mentioned. The thing that I think about is we definitely need to improve and it's going to take time, but I'm really proud of being part of a company that is open and honest about where we're at and we're committed to making real changes. We're not just talking about it. We're identifying areas where we can take action and have improvement over time. Cindy, what about you? I would agree with everything Danielle said on, on how Nelnet is handling diversity, equity, and inclusion. I've seen over the years the major changes. Like you said, we have Deanne as president of MBS, and I think that's great. We have Danielle in charge of our IT groups in MBS, and I think that's incredible. So I see great changes happening. Equity is always a touchy subject. We're great about the diversity, but are we really making sure we're treating everybody equally and are the same job titles and the same amount of work are the pay equal and are we promoting accurately based on how we see and develop people those are things i'm not 100% sure on but i know we're getting there and i know nelnet is committed and i love this company and i know that 
that is first and foremost on their mind. And it's one of the reasons why I continue to tell everybody how fortunate we are to have a great company to work for. I'm so glad that you brought that up too. Both of you ladies said something about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Just as a great reminder that, yes, while we're talking about Women's History Month and women's contributions to society throughout history, it's not just about women. (laughs) Everybody needs a voice. And I just so appreciate the fact that you both hit on that in multiple responses this afternoon. Thank you so much, both of you, for coming on the podcast today and talking about Women's History Month and about diversity, equity, and inclusion and how important it is for us to keep those in the forefront as a company. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Rachel and Raquel, for inviting us. And what a great job you guys do by educating all of us and helping us continue to learn. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much. Before we get into our What We're Loving Now and our book recommendation segments, we wanted to take just a little bit of time to talk about the Core Values Recognition Program. Raquel, could you tell us a little bit more about that program and what it looks like? Yes, Rachel, I'd love to. So the NBS Living the Core Values Associate Recognition Program is now accepting nominations. So if you haven't had a chance to check out a recent TGIF, I would suggest going in there and clicking on the nominate button. You can nominate anyone who you feel is living one or more of the Nelnet core values. Five associates will be honored, one associate for each of our five core values, who then will choose a prize of either $500 or five days of ETO. Those are some pretty amazing prizes. No kidding. Make sure to get your nominations out there. One thing that the core values team wanted to share was we've had nearly 100 people new to NBS since we've rolled out our living our core values program last year. So that's a lot of new people. That is. (laughs) The great thing about the program is tenure is not a requirement. You don't have to be here for a specific number of months or years before you can nominate or be nominated. Even if you're brand new to the company or you're part of a recent acquisition, please feel free to go out there and nominate someone you feel is really living those Nelnet core values. Just so you guys know, the core values nomination period ends on March 31st. So you have a little bit of time to still go out there, fill out the form and get those nominations in. But there is the website available in TGIF, just like Raquel mentioned, and that's going to give you access to the frequently asked questions, the nominations checklist, and more details on that Living the Core Values Recognition Program. So think of someone and go out there and nominate today. Yes. Well, that was such a great conversation with Cindy and Danielle, wasn't it, Raquel? Yes. I really appreciate what they had to share and the time they spent to talk with us today. Mm -hmm. You could tell that they really did their research coming into that interview. Mm Mm-hmm. So Raquel, what are you loving right now? Rachel, this is something that I've discovered thanks to you a few years ago. I have recently been into reading, which was not a characteristic of mine a few years ago. I typically like to read something that's fiction, something that's fun that I can escape with. And then I also like to have something that I can personally develop with. I'm waiting for the next NBS book club book to be released so I can get that on my personal development reading schedule. But sometimes I like to branch out even more and tackle three books at the same time. 
whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> if you're wondering how I make this possible without everything just getting jumbled up in my brain, I have recently rekindled my love for the Hoopla app. The Hoopla app is connected to my public library. So I live in Lincoln, Nebraska, and it is connected to the Lincoln City Libraries. It is free. It allows me to check out audiobooks. So these are the exact same books you can purchase credits for on Audible. I've already listened to two full books in the past couple of weeks, and it's just what I pop into my earbuds when I'm exercising during the day or taking a walk, and it's just easy listening. It's something I can listen to after I listen to my scheduled podcasts for the day, and it's just nice to check off another book, and it's so easy because all you have to do is listen. It's super easy, so I would suggest looking into seeing what your local library has available. A lot of them use kind of the same ones, so Hoopla might be one that your library uses. I'm not sure of any other ones, but definitely check it out. Yeah, and I know the Nelnet University uses the Libby app for those audiobooks as well. So maybe we can add that to the favorites list there too. (laughs) What are you loving, Rachel? Oh, that's a great question. I'm really loving this Monday playlist that we created for our team. Oh, yes. This came out of a productivity conversation that we had as a team. We thought it would be fun to curate a playlist and let the entire team contribute We put it together in Spotify and we shared it with the rest of the team. And this past Monday, we were able to boost that list in our team's channel and remind people to go out there and listen. And I did listen as we were preparing for our Monday meeting and it just put me in such a good mood. Sometimes meetings can be a little hard, especially since we're still all working from home and you're just kind of sitting in front of your computer, smiling into the camera. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But playing that playlist beforehand boosted my mood and made me feel pretty good. So that's what I'm loving right now. Oh, that's great, Rachel. So I know we have a book recommendation, Raquel, but this is a little different. This is not from you or I. (laughs) No, it is not. No, I'm really excited for this. We have our first submission by a listener to recommend a book to the rest of our listeners. So Raquel, can you tell us who submitted and what book they recommend everybody else read? I would love to. I'm so thankful that we've received several book recommendations. So please keep sending them because we are loving this. Our first one is from Becky Turner, who is a manager on the online help and communication team at NBS. And she writes, I am loving the book, The Flavor Bible by Karen Page. I am the type of person who likes to cook and bake based on my interpretation of recipes. I often look at what I have, then create a new recipe based on the pantry contents. The Flavor Bible helps you understand which foods or seasonings pair well with each other. If you're a free spirit who wants to learn more about flavor combinations, this is the book for you. Thank you so much, Becky, for submitting that to us. This book sounds like something I would definitely be interested in getting my hands on. I'm not one to follow recipes unless I'm baking or doing something that needs precise measurements. Typically, when I go to make something, it's a concoction of what I have and the flavors that I have on hand. So I'd love to branch out my flavor palette for sure. Me too. I want to learn more about how flavor works together because I'm in a cooking rut right now. I just make the same things over and over. I like the way they taste, but I want to branch out and try cooking some more things. And I really need to study how flavors meld together. I've made some stuff in the past and the flavors just did not work. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thanks again to Becky for submitting that. If you want to submit something, don't forget the form is in TGIF for you to share your recommendations. And you can share a book you're loving right now, or you can share an item or a TV show or music you're loving, really anything that you're just loving right now and want to share with the rest of the company. Make sure to put that on that form and hit submit. And don't forget, if you do, we will definitely send you a little something to say thank you. Yes. Speaking of thank yous, we just want to say a huge thank you again to Cindy and Danielle for sitting down with us and talking about Women's History Month. It was very educational for both Raquel and myself mm-hmm. and for you listening as well. So thanks to them. And thanks so much for listening. We always appreciate it. And we will catch you in the next episode.